Welcome back to Vulcan Hello, the incomparable Star Trek Discovery Flashcast. I am, as always, your host, Scott McNulty. Yes, I mispronounced things. I'm going to do it again. So, get over yourself. And I'm joined! That's, I like to start hostile to all listeners. <laughs> and I'm joined tonight uh, by a fine crew, uh, Joe Rosenstiel. Joe, thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, you're you're welcome. And I'm uh, back from his trip to Vulcan, where I believe he was rejected from the uh, science expedition force. It is Jason Snell. Hello, Scoot. Hello, Joe A. <laughs> and all other people who mispronounce names. See, there you go. I got some angry tweets last uh, episode for two things. Uh, I cannot uh, say, uh, I did not say tardigrade, tardigrade correctly. I kept calling it tardigrave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we misattributed uh, a name to the character of the medical officer whose name is Dr. Hugh Culber. We called him Dr. Cruz. Cruz is the actor's last name, so I apologize. Uh, this has been follow-up uh, for issues no one cares about. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, issues of more intriguing thoughts. There are some interesting fan theories out there about things that are happening in Star Trek Discovery. Uh, We are going to save our speculation for the end of this episode. Uh, So if you want to hear about those things, listen to the entire episode. If you rather not hear our wild speculation, we'll fire off uh, some sort of conspiracy phaser or something. uh, Ah, So you can bail. I like it. I like it. The conspiracy phaser, which was used to shoot that uh, guy who ate worms in the head in that Star Trek The Next Generation episode, probably. The conspiracy phaser. (laughs) Uh, So so look forward to that. Ooh, at the end of this. Hmm. But first, uh, I would like to hear... Both of your overall thoughts about this episode, uh, just kind of, did you like it and did you, or did you not like it? Because I will tell you what I thought first because, uh, I'm speaking right now. Mm. I really liked it. Uh, I enjoyed this episode greatly. Joe, uh, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, no, you're not wrong. I, I, <laughs> I liked the episode, but I did not like the first 15 minutes of it. I, I felt mm. like exposition craziness for it, a while. It did feel like, I had a moment when she was explaining to Lorca about her relationship with Sarek, and it's like, I get that Lorca doesn't know it, except then he says he knows it already, too. But it's like, we just <laughs> saw that, like, five weeks ago. I mean, but but yeah. I really like this episode. I think it's the best episode they've done, not just because I was kind of really entertained throughout, but also because, and I wrote it in my notes, this feels like an episode of Star Trek. There's, I've seen a lot of people discussing since Discovery premiered about like serialization and telling one long story versus telling standalone stories like Star Trek of old. And I thought that like they are confident enough in kind of where they are after five episodes of Groundwork that this is an episode that feels very much like... Uh, you know, you can tell what this episode is about. This isn't like, um, that, well, that's the episode where the plot kind of advanced a little bit along with all the other episodes. I don't know. They blur together. This is like, no, this is the episode where uh, Sarek is in, a, is in a, an accident or is bombed by terrorists and Burnham has to save him. And there's also a B plot. I mean, it's part of the whole, but it also feels like a Star Trek episode. And I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, the techno babble really helped me feel like a Star Trek. Episode. Oh yeah, oh man. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. yes, and so this is—I I guess I did not mention uh, what episode we're talking about, which is episode six, uh, Lethe. Lethe. Sure, Lethe, something like that. Uh, it is a uh, an allusion to Greek mythology. Uh, so check it. It's one of the five rivers that leads into yes. Hades. It's the river uh, of forgetfulness. That's right. 
And uh, I suppose that is a reference to Sarek trying to not share his memories with Burnham. Um, and I suppose Lorca also trying to forget his past and reforge his career. Um, many things going on in this mm. episode. I do wonder uh, if there are going to be people who are like, I wonder why they called this episode Lathe, but uh, they're, n- they're not going to understand that deep, deep reference. Like, where, where was the, the long woodworking <laughs> sequence I was hoping for? <laughs> Uh, and also, well, we'll, we'll get to that, but, uh, so this starts off with a little, uh, a little bit of, uh, a little character moment, right? People, one of the things that people have been complaining about on the internets that I have heard is that they feel like there aren't those small character interactions in Discovery that we like, uh, in Star Trek where, you know, people are talking about the day or whatever. Uh, and this starts off with Burnham and, uh, Tilly going for a run. Well, not quite, though. That's, it? that's not the first thing. The first did, thing did we I see is something? the other thing people tune into Star Trek for, which is continuity porn about planets. Because we oh, get a lengthy right. pre-credit sequence involving Vulcan and Sarek going on a mission somewhere. Yes, and, I, and I skipped he, over that. And we get like a picture of Vulcan, and there's like a, a canonical Vulcan moon in the background, or a dual planet, or whatever it is that's the whole famous, like, Vulcan has no moon, but then we see a moon, and what does it all mean? But they're very clearly as a moon and uh you know it's just it's uh, like i said people love like to see vulcan references and stuff and this episode <laughs> is full of them and we get people like, love vulcans they could have like Sarek just kind of in space but they're like nope we're gonna show him on vulcan taking off why <laughs> because right. people want to see vulcan that's why so that's okay right. there it is uh, also showing his ship uh from whatever automated parking garage it was coming out of flourish that's right and he picks up a little uh, assistant vulcan to help him uh go off to his secret meeting yeah, he's totally uh, not which, sketchy at all he'll be fine no nope, he looks he looks perfectly trustworthy <laughs> uh yeah and then so he i did like the moment where uh he said uh you know I want to know what this diplomatic mission is. And Sarek says, well, let me be diplomatic and tell you, mind your own business. Um, and which led me to, I tweeted while I was watching this, that Vulcans are jerks. And I could, I stand by my assessment of the Vulcan race uh, as being pretty much all jerks all the time. Uh, but that's, that's just me. But anyway, then we go back to the discovery where we get our lovely little character moment with Tilly and Burnham and they're doing a run and uh, wearing st- disco shirts that I'm sure they are going to be selling and I will be buying one mm-hmm. um, because it's kind of awesome. And uh, they have a little moment where Tilly, we all, the thing we know about Tilly, we know many things about Tilly, I suppose, but the biggest thing is she wants to be a captain and it seems improbable. Uh, and Burnham basically says, the only way you're going to be a captain is if you run six points five seconds faster i think uh and then you you get a commendation on your record and then uh you could get a sweet assignment on a constellation uh a constitution class starship like the enterprise and then everyone goes ooh, the enterprise uh and then you know you become captain it seems pretty easy three steps to become a captain (laughs) yeah run faster step three profit step four become a captain that's right it's perfect but that is neither here nor there uh but they we do come back to that because then Burnham realizes there are many paths to success. Spoiler alert for people uh, listening to this who have not seen the episode, which seems weird. Yeah. Uh, or have not thought about life in general, that there are multiple paths to success. Uh, so spoiler alert for you, multiple paths to success. Uh, and then I actually don't remember what happens next. Oh, is this where we see the, the uh, oh, yes, it, it was kind of jarring because I thought, okay, here's a nice little scene on Discovery. And then seemingly we are back in time on the the Klingon prison ship uh, with uh, Mr. or Captain Lorca and Ash Tyler. 
shooting up a bunch of Klingons. Yeah, and I, I thought, is this some sort of holodeck? And it, it is a holodeck. It is, yeah. in fact. And then I thought, as soon as I figured out it was a holodeck, I thought, there are going to be a lot of angry nerds uh, because there's a holodeck on the Discovery. Well, so my, I have to say my wife has been around a Star Trek fan for long enough that she immediately ret- retconned this when I said, huh, a holodeck on, on Discovery. And she said, oh, they had them on the Enterprise, too. We just never saw them. And I said, well done. Well done. Uh, hmm. <laughs> you are one of the tribe. <laughs> But I did think it became apparent pretty quickly because there were a ridiculous number of Klingons that got killed ridiculously easily. Yeah, they're and I thought, basically playing like Unreal much. Tournament <laughs> with Klingons. Yes. <laughs> laser tag. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. More laser tag, sure. Phaser tag, yeah. Joe. Phaser tag. That's right. <laughs> Keep it on brand, Joe. Uh, and the, but there's a nice moment where uh, Lorca, they're done killing a bunch of Klingons, and Lorca's like, oh, look, I got, what, 24 on my little uh, phaser tag, phaser. Yep. Uh, how many did you get? And Ash is like, oh, I only got 22. Well, You're the two, best ever. Two less than you, Captain Awesome. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then Lorca, uh, I guess the critical flaw in uh, Ash's plan is that he did he forgot, apparently, that it is displayed on mm. the gun, the number, I guess. Uh, and he, he killed 36 or 34, something like that. So, and there's a nice moment when Lurk was like, don't, don't apologize for excellence. I want my new security officer, who I have only kind of a little bit checked into, uh, to be, uh, you know, committed to excellence and our mission of killing Klingons. Yeah, bonding over murder. But, you know, that's, that's what you do. <laughs> it sounds very Lorca to me. But yeah. it's funny. It's like, hey, you can fly, you can fight, let's uh, make you... And my security officer recently died stupidly, so you're hired. I'm you're collecting hired. all the random people I meet and making them in charge of things on the Discovery. That's my... That's, right. that's, that's the Lorca way. That's right. You know, uh, it is... It's seemingly stupid, uh, which I... It was... I was angered by that, but then I feel like this episode addressed it, uh, but then I was angered again, mostly because I knew it was going to happen, and it made me sad, but uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, but he, uh, I like the idea that, that this is Lorca's thing, is he picks up strays, he views just, I, I will, a momentary uh, aside, the, like sports nerdery, one of the things when people talked about like uh-oh. Moneyball and baseball, the whole idea was like, finding people who are not valued, because you can get them more easily than the people who are highly valued by everybody. And I feel like that's what Lorca's is doing with Starfleet people is like, he's collecting strays. He's like, Hey, this guy, I know he was a prisoner of war for six months and is probably really messed up, but uh, he's a pretty good pilot. I'm just going to hire him. <laughs> and then with, and Burnham, I know she was the first mutineer in all of Starfleet, but she's smart and stuff. So I'm going to hire her smart. too. So that's, yeah, that's, it, it's Lorca. That's what he does. It, all of these broken people will come to oh, kind of owe him something owe yeah. him loyalty in a yes, way that maybe loyalty. other Starfleet officers wouldn't. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the since yeah. he himself is broken, I, I do wonder if that's part of the deal is is they are going to be much more likely to be loyal to him, which we see later in at the end of the episode with Burnham, right? Because he gives them a chance when they might not otherwise have one. Right. And I wonder if, if Saru ended up as first officer on his ship because nobody else wanted him as a first officer because I mean, I like Saru as a character, but uh, you know, he as we've been told over and over again, he is from a, a, a race that has been prey. So perhaps he's not the most suited for command. And so maybe other Starfleet cap- starship captains are like, eh, we'll pass on that guy. And Lorca's yeah, like, I'll be. take him. 
But we'll find out. Maybe there'll be a, a Saru episode where we get to hear Maybe. more he's, about his he's backstory. Almost not in this episode. I think we see him. We see him like once, and we hear him a couple of times, and that's about it. Yes, he's like that's going to take months, and everyone's like, whatever. Uh, <laughs> nobody cares, Saru. Yeah, moving through. Uh, but I do, Marisa, at the end of this episode, Marisa turned to me and said, I like that Captain Lorca. And I thought, I've married a monster. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, no. In, you know, in this episode, more than any of the other Discovery episodes, I feel like I do like Lorca. Like, I, I actually had a moment where I thought, this is dangerous. Like, this show is about Burnham. Don't make us like Lorca too much. Because I know he's mm-hmm. he's obviously a broken man, right? But I think the question, in this episode, I felt like I kind of understood him. And... And, and like, again, I think he's got lots of issues, but I, I felt like I understood him and not that the show wasn't just setting him up to be this kind of a, a madman. Like, he's way more shaded than that now, and I'm getting a better idea of why he's doing what he's doing. Um, I, I don't know if I would say I like him, but, like, I, I, I get him more, and I enjoy watching him, and I feel like he's not, he's more nuanced than, I, I was hesitant because I worried that he was going to be just really painted as being kind of a, a bad guy and i think that's not Lorca. he's uh, he's not a bad guy he's just got some really bad things that he he does that's all <laughs> he, he has he, he certainly has some captain ahab issues uh mm. though with revenge and that he needs to be the the kind of instrument of that um and and sort of a an element about him being involved that's necessary because at the end, when we we get to that part, he's like, "Yeah, whatever." Um, yeah, you know, we're just going to go on our merry way. And it's like, so <laughs> not really that great of a guy, but no. Uh, no. Yeah. And I was I was afraid because one, so uh, well, we'll get that. We'll hold off from that. But I do. I think I agree with you, Jason. That Lorca is getting much more uh, deeper characterization, and I like it. And I feel like in this episode, and I think maybe in the last episode too, we kind of saw him doing typical Starfleet captain things. Right. And he'll, Which is good. The point is that he'll do anything for his, you know, for his mission, basically. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that several times now that he will make decisions that are probably beyond what a captain should make because he wants to, you know, he's got his own personal idea of what his mission is. So he's really a loose cannon at this point. And we see that, we see that when he, he in a little bit here, he goes off on a mission that he's specifically ordered not to. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And, and it's because he wants to do that. That, uh, for Burnham potentially as well as for Starfleet and it's one of those things that he makes a calculation that he should absolutely not make because he doesn't care like he feels like his his authority that it's a time of war and he gets to do whatever he wants and that, I think that's what makes him really dangerous that's right Lorca's gonna Lorca that's yep. what we have to learn uh, you're hired Scott you're now the <laughs> helmsman of the discovery yes. Just like that. That's how it works. <laughs> it's true. I'll take you. Uh, don't don't look into my record, though, because uh, you, you don't want to see what's in there. Uh, and then we get uh, a scene with, I believe it happens in what the cafeteria and uh, Tilly and Michael Burnham have just finished their run. And Tilly wants to eat uh, not a breakfast burrito, but Michael Burnham <laughs> suggests that she should have a she breakfast burrito. She wants some green, some green juice, whatever that she is. Has, I think it's some sort yes. of space Gatorade. <laughs> I wish she had ordered Space Gatorade. Uh, yeah, she wants 
with extra green, as I recall. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, but she gets a breakfast burrito, and the uh, I found I enjoy the replicators. They're kind of sassy. Oh in, my god! Uh, on the discovery, I made a note about how how annoying the food dispensers are and how I love it <laughs> because Lauren said, "Boy, I do not need the, my my food machine to tell me like extol the virtues of of the healthy food that I'm I'm being given." And I said, "Yeah, but I love that. I love that. That's I think that's the whole point is that they are really annoying. Like, let me sell you on this thing. It's like shut up. It's like Doctor." McCoy trying to get everybody to eat a salad. It's like, no, no, we're going to tell you all the good things about green tea. How about roasted yes. tomatoes? They're, so, tomato salsa. They're, that's really good. Shut up, computer. Just give me my, my donut. <laughs> Fun fact, that donut will kill you. Yeah, that's right. You're looking <laughs> a little they... heavy today. How, how about a whole wheat donut? <laughs> uh, computer uh, lower judgment by 50%. Also, my note here is that Burnham is an awful exercise partner in general. <laughs> As they're running, by the way, running through the corridors of the Discovery, and I had a moment of like, so I'm going to like my science lab to do my job, and I'm dodging joggers the entire way. But then I thought maybe there's like a designated ring on the ship like a, that's the jogging, jogging ring, ring, and you just, you know, you have to go there at your own peril if you're trying to walk, because there are going to be joggers right. there. That's well, maybe that's like when you're on a here in, in Philadelphia in many places, but we have a Schuylkill River path that on that has a line down it. On one side you can walk, and on the other side is for the runners and the bikers. So maybe they have a, a line oh. that they they know. Yeah, uh, also, I they're will... running through those glass tubes, and you don't want to put anything important in there. So that's fine for them to run there. Hmm. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but now they see. Ooh, Tilly sees uh, gets a load of Ash Tyler, and she says. Scuttlebutt, and I enjoy the fact that she used the word scuttlebutt, uh, is that he killed, what, six Klingons in hand-to-hand combat, and uh, then, you know, Michael Burnham's like, that's highly unlikely. (laughs) (laughs) I have fought a Klingon, and that I don't think so, until he's like, I think it makes him even hotter. Uh, and I thought, well, this is, you know, clearly they're setting it up, uh, and she, they're gonna talk to Ash Tyler, and, you know, Tilly's gonna be, uh, you know, bashful or something, but she sits down and she says, Scuttlebutt is you killed six Klingons in Hantag. <laughs> and I thought, Tilly, you're alright. My note here is literally, I love Tilly. She's, she's just, <laughs> uh, what a great character. She, she's smart and capable, but also has the, it like bounces off of Burnham in funny ways where you get that contrast with the Vulcan upbringing and that she's just, she just says stuff and it's like that she probably shouldn't say, but she goes out and says it. It's a very, very fun character i think that she's and i like that she's although she's very funny i feel like she's she's given enough respect as a character that she's not treated as a joke like from the beginning when she was um investigating what turned out to be the tardigrade right on the other ship she's like mm-hmm. she's she's responsible enough that they can bring her with them and and that she does a good job she's not a, she's not just a joke even though she provides a lot of comic relief I love her. Yeah, and Burnham certainly doesn't treat her as a joke, uh, which I, I like in their relationship with one another. Um, that the, when Tilly has her insecurities and, and uh, problems, that uh, she and Burnham typically have a nice moment with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, although Burnham might not agree with her or act in the way that she does, but uh, she certainly seems to respect Tilly uh, that, quite a bit. That's what eyebrow raising is for, Joe. <laughs> yeah. A well placed eyebrow mm-hmm. can say much. Uh, and, and while all this is happening, we, we see Sarek on his little, uh, ship, uh, with his, uh, assistant Vulcan. Uh, and, uh, you know, Sarek is pressing some buttons. He turns around and, uh oh, uh, assistant Vulcan is now glowing because he's injected himself with 
Vulcan explosives. It's, I, I think know. it's like anti-blood, and when it comes into oh. contact with his blood, it will just explode. <laughs> That's something it like that. It look kind of cool. I'll say it's that. It's like a bio weapon. lowest yeah. bomb. Yeah, and then it gives him a time to monologue. Everybody loves a monologue. Mm-hmm. Uh, while he's slowly going to explode, he explains how, uh, you know, humans are awful and Sarek is uh, ruining everybody and he's, uh, what are they, a, a, a logic extremist? Is that what they call them? Yes. <laughs> that doesn't really seem like a thing, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally a thing now. Uh, and Sarek, uh, doesn't do anything for a while, listens thoughtfully to this uh, person who's about to explode, uh, and then at the the last moment, uh, erects some sort of uh, force field, it seems. And, yeah. And uh, Vulcan I thought, goes kablooey. I thought momentarily that he was, like, beaming himself somewhere, but yeah, he's, <laughs> he, we find him later in that place, so he must have put up a force field. He was thinking of his his methods here. I think logic extremist is a funny uh, thing that we can laugh at, but I, I, I believe, like, look, oh, this whole episode is about basically... Vulcans are horrible racists. Like that's very clear throughout this episode. That Sarek is kind of like a real extreme case of trying to be like a hippie and saying like humans are cool, man. And the Vulcans are like, no, they are not cool. Uh, we do not like them. They are dumb. And um, and then I and but I like the idea that there would be some group of Vulcans who are so uh, focused on Vulcan purity that they consider uh that the can they consider violence against people who would dilute Vulcan to be logical and that the, these guys are terrorists and the key like background fact we get in this scene is that um when we heard that Burnham was hurt in that explosion at the learning center mm-hmm. now we find out she was the target that they were l- trying to kill her because she was the human at the Vulcan Learning Center and they felt that she was impure. And I thought that was kind of cool because I had not even considered that as a possibility. And then it's just laid out here that that this the her being adopted by Sarek and t- sent to the Learning Center was um, enough to inspire a terrorist attack against her. That, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, because it wasn't immediately clear from earlier on, uh, I, I would say, in the second episode when they revealed the Learning Center bombing. Right. It's like, was it uh, one they, act of violence where her parents died and she was hurt, or were there two? It was, right. yeah, unclear. Was it yeah. Klingons? And, exactly. The Klingons' involvement was ambiguous, because no, we didn't really understand how they died, because we knew the Klingons killed the parents, but we didn't know the, these events. So, right. yeah, I'm, I'm glad that was cleared up. Yeah. And that <laughs> yes. she was targeted specifically, it's just that that's that's something, because now we know that this is a bigger, you know, this is a bigger story about how uh, how transgressive it was to, for her to be raised on Vulcan. And further proof that Vulcans are jerks. Jerks. I'm sorry. If you're if you're a we've, Vulcan and you're listening, turns you're a out jerk. we've messed we've met the nice ones. <laughs> that's <laughs> the right. only ones that even will deign to meet us are the nice ones. <laughs> and, you know, in the original series, they were uh, jerky. Uh, Enterprise really ran with the, the idea that Vulcans are, are world-class jerks. Yeah. Uh, and, and now Discovery is just fleshing out the, the level of jerkydom that mm-hmm. uh, Vulcans can achieve. When you put your mind to it, you could be a real jerk. I guess the Romulans are just more honest about it. That's true. And they have shoulder pets. That's so. awesome. Who, who yeah. doesn't like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so, so Sarek is in trouble. Uh, and then we get this scene with, uh, Burnham, is, well, it's the same scene, but I'm interweaving here. Burnham, uh, shakes, uh, Ash Tyler's hand and <gasps> suddenly she has a moment and we can talk about this later in our spoiler, uh, our conspiracy sure. device area, mm-hmm. uh, what that may or may not have meant, but we know exactly what it means because 
Uh-oh, Burnham's getting another uh, long-distance phone call from Sarek, uh, except that he's he's not doing it consciously. Yeah, he's on the Katra phone again. That's right. The Katragram. <laughs> yes. I guess they call. I guess in the episode, Stamets calls it Sarek. Is it Katra Vision? Sarek Vision? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yes. And we'll get to Stamets. He's 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 oh, he's a new oh, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We got we got to talk about Stamets a little bit. But uh, yeah, this is the soul Delicious. graft they call it. That she was saved by like her having piece of Katra is not because they mind melded. I feel like they're backfilling things that were confusing earlier, and they're kind of like, oh, let me explain that. It's like actually he did something you're not supposed to do, which is leave a piece of Katra in her mind in order to to mm-hmm. bring her back to to life. To life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why she, she gets the long distance calls. That's right. Nobody else gets the long distance calls. Only she can get them. Uh, but she's good because uh, otherwise, with the, uh, if that didn't happen, this episode, Sarek would just die and the Discovery would just go off doing whatever it was going to be doing. Blow it up, Klingons or something. Uh, which is what they do very well. Uh, and so she's, uh, she collapses. Everybody's very upset. Uh, off she goes to sickbay where uh, the doctor says, uh, everything seems fine. <laughs> Except that she's freaking out. <laughs> Uh, Culver, Dr. Culver. There you go. I wanted to make sure that I did not get his name wrong. He doesn't do much. I don't know if they've ever even said his name. Culver. Culver. See, look at that. Ah. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So close. (laughs) Just just want to let you know before you get more angry messages. Too too late. Tweets were already sent in the intervening (laughs) five seconds there. It's true. I apologize. Uh, But just look at it this way. I'm giving you something to do. Uh, he has not been uh, very well explored, so that is my uh, reason for not even knowing. Yeah, his last name, last week was his best episode, but but yes. he still hasn't hasn't gotten a lot of time. I hope that we see more of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he scans her. She seems uh, uh, something's wrong. She wakes up. She's like, "OMG, Sarek's in trouble." Uh, Lork is like, uh, "What do you want me to do about it?" She's like, "We gotta save him." Lork is like, "Okay, you've convinced me." <laughs> And off they go to save Sarah. Yeah. Even though the the Vulcan who we saw before, who's like one of the Starfleet admirals, is like, nope, 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 don't go, don't go. And Lorca just tells him to his face. Yes. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go. Bye now. And that's it. Which is, <laughs> I, I like that because I think usually when other Starfleet uh, captains have done this, they basically like said, mm-hmm, okay, thanks. Thank you, Admiral. And they cut the connection and then they say, no, I'm going to ignore them. We're going to go anyway. But uh, Lorca just tells him to his face. We're going to go. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, he's like, hey, uh, uh, Vulcan Admiral, tell me everything you know about what happened with Sarek's trip. And he's like, okay, well, here's what happened. Uh, we don't know what's going on. Here's where we think it might be. And Lorca's like, great, I'm going to go get him. Okay, thanks, no, bye. don't, yep. don't, oh. <laughs> I hate it when they hang up. <laughs> then he eats a fortune cookie. Uh, he does, he crushes a fortune cookie. Call back. But doesn't look at his fortune. No, he just likes the cookies. That's what Maurice is said. Weird. <laughs> They're like the worst cookies ever. Yes. I kind of like fortune cookies, actually. I, I, I've done that. I bought fortune cookies just to eat the cookies. That's happened. Lorcas, the Lorca oh, family fortune cookies are the best, by the way. Are they? Yeah, they're full of MSG or something. I don't even know. But. And all the fortunes are, you're going to die alone. <laughs> or you're a totally awesome captain. Oh, that's right. So you just got to you go, hope you get the right one that day. You have chosen your pain wisely. I think uh, this is yeah, when we go to Stamets, right? <laughs> yes, because they're like, we got to find Sarek. We don't know. He's in this this uh, crazy plasma field where Saru tells us, oh, our sensors don't work. So, or Nebula. Our sensors don't work. Uh, right. So we can shoot is, out probes. It'll take months. It's very Star Trek 2, except that we have the mm-hmm. added benefit of that that the, the Nebula will also make the spores explode. So they can't really go in there. That's right. They, they have to stay out or die. Uh, and that's when they, they uh, go down to Stamets, and Stamets is a changed man, <laughs> thanks to his trip along the 
mitochondrial way. Uh, mycelial, I think. Mycelial. Again, don't write uh, in. this. Oh, man. <laughs> don't, don't write in. The mushrooms. The mushrooms. Can we just say, it, he looks very much like somebody who, like, has dropped acid for the first time and is now, <laughs> my mind is open, man. Everything is different now. Because he's like, my note basically is like, he's just high all the time now. Is that what's happening he with Stamets? I, I think it's true. His mind he has can, been opened. He um, can see all points in the universe simultaneously, man. Uh, but he's and he has a funny line when he's like, uh, it's not so bad once you get used to the needle shooting at you. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> and he said, there's a great line later on where he, he was like, you're, you're going to go in there all by yourself in a shuttle? Are you really that crazy? All right, noted. Like, okay, awesome. <laughs> I, I, we can I, use that later. Yeah, I learned that Burnham is uh, that kind of crazy. I also like how he, they have to, they, there is a moment where he totally derails and they have to like get him back on the rails where he starts talking about Katras and how it's really interesting that they're, they can, their souls, the communicate over distances and and they're like we we can't talk about that now and i i wrote down <laughs> it's like space mushrooms for your mind <laughs> like, yeah, okay cool man cool <laughs> yeah what was the drug he, he, he said uh something like taking speed or something yeah um and yes. she's like I, w- I wasn't gonna make that reference yeah. but sure <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i thought of it as adrenaline but okay whatever right. <laughs> yeah yeah so the idea is that he's gonna create uh, an amplifier for the uh the katra assisted mind meld and they're gonna go fly off into the nebula and uh hopefully uh you know shock Sarek into consciousness so that he can then turn on his beacon and they will find him right and the the um Very they straight talk about it like a virtual mind meld it's kind of like an artificial mind meld that they want to build and i thought well that's kind of weird but when they when they show the gadget later it's literally <laughs> yes. like a gadget with the spots that you put on your face like where the vulcans fingers would be and i thought that's mm-hmm. actually a very clever prop like it gets across what it is it is an artificial like vulcan hand thing that i thought that was kind of clever it's a weird virtual mind meld is a weird idea and i'm not sure i'm like all right star trek whatever but uh i like that the gadget that they build is like an artificial vulcan hand i mean i guess uh, they didn't want it to look like a mannequin hand or something but <laughs> just just tape this hand to your face <laughs> that's right that's right this is box trust hand. me yeah that's right. Uh, and then, yeah, and then there's a nice moment where, this, to what you said earlier, Joe, about uh, Lorca assembles a little team, and he says, okay, Burnham, well, obviously you're going, uh, and I know a pi- you'll need a pilot. I know a guy. Uh-huh. Uh, and you think, oh, boy. Uh, and then uh, Burnham says, well, I want Tilly to come with me. And Lorca's like, are you sure? <laughs> and uh, she says, well, she's very smart, and she calms me down and makes me feel safe, so we're taking her. Yeah. And Lorca's like, okay, all right. <laughs> Lorca Sounds good to me. Lorca seems to have, uh, among his quirks, he does seem to have, like, give his uh, people latitude. Like, if you're on his team, he will give you, he will let you be kind of like him and make yes. cho- wacky choices. He's like, all right, do it. He, he had he to trust rewards, her. He rewards outside of the box thinking. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. Unconventional thinking. Yep. Uh, and so they, they go off, uh, they load up their fake, uh, or not their fake, their amplified, uh, mind milled, yeah. uh, machine. Uh, Tilly is, uh, gonna make sure Burnham doesn't die. Ash is going to, uh, drive the shuttle into the, uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, and then we get, which may be my favorite part of the episode, uh, the, uh, Admiral, uh, hails, uh, the discovery. So Saru says, Oh, hey, uh, Captain Lorca, you have a call yeah. from Admiral Cordwell. And he says, Oh, well, just patch it through my red room. And he says, uh, no, she's, he, she's here. Admiral Cornwell <laughs> is present and wants to, and he's like, all right, ready room. Then I'll, I'll take, a, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get dressed up and go to my ready room, which 
why I guess he could have kept in, stayed in his pajamas in his uh, in his quarters, given what happens later. Oh, you know what happens. Mm. Uh, yep. And so this is what I like because he's been doing a lot of crazy stuff. And it seems to me that somebody should say, hey, you're doing a lot of crazy <laughs> stuff. And that's what uh, Admiral Cordwell does. She's like, hey, you're doing a lot of crazy stuff. Cut it out. <laughs> yeah. And he says, I, I don't want to. <laughs> Uh, I passed all the, the psych evals because we found out in the last episode or whatever that he had to blow up his ship and kill all his crew. Well, he didn't have to, but he chose to <laughs> yeah. so that uh-huh. the, the Klingons wouldn't torture them. Uh, and that could, you know, mess you up a little bit. Uh, and then he was, you know, two weeks ago tortured by Klingons and then back in the captain's seat. So that could be troubling, perhaps. Uh-huh. And Admiral Cornwell, they have a history together. And she says, you're not the man I used to know. So I just want to check and make sure, you know, this is... Uh, you're my friend, but also the Discovery is a very important piece of equipment for Starfleet. <laughs> uh, and we don't trust you. You're a little, you're a little cuckoo crazy pants. Uh, and I think my favorite scenes of the episode might be between, uh, this admiral and, and with the captain because, uh, it's all about the trust and relationships and, and she's saying all the reasonable things everybody in the audience is saying. It's mm-hmm. like, yes, yes, you are crazy. <laughs> please, please don't do that. Uh, so it, it's good to, to see that fleshed out on screen. I like these yes, scenes and I like, uh, oh, mm-hmm. what's her name? Is it Jane Brooke? She, she was in Chicago Hope. She's Admiral yes. Cornwell and I like her. Mm-hmm. I like seeing her again. I like that you, you get the sense that they've known each other a long time. Um, what I don't like about this is that, um, the show is trying and the show does right by its women characters most of the time but the show here is trying to have her be one his boss in starfleet two it's kind of implied that that she is his psychologist or counselor in some way there's a line about are we in session again and three uh, well. they have a they have a romantic slash sexual past and i thought that's maybe mm-hmm. too many things for this relationship to bear <laughs> and does the woman who's the admiral in charge of of Lorca have to be an old flame then again it is star trek these things do happen, but I did have that moment of like, I, I was kind of liking that they were old friends and that they weren't uh, old flames. And that was, that was wrong because they totally were. And she takes off her badge, which is oh. like, if the badge is on the table, don't come knocking. That's I, I didn't care for the fact that she, uh, that they had their, their, um, how should I say this? Uh, that they they were in that bed together. Um, oh, I, I they, felt like that was uh, she crossed a professional line she shouldn't have crossed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. When Starfleet. especially when she suspected him of of his behavior uh, that she shouldn't have participated in that. I have many questions about Starfleet security and also Starfleet HR practices because uh-huh. clearly this just not this seems she, inappropriate. Well, I mean, she's his direct superior, right? So that should not be allowed in in any so way. Right. But, she, but she took she off took her badge. badge. Yeah, it's so totally it's different when you take your badge off. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, Joe. It. it uh, I, I mean, I like that he calls her on it. I I, I have to give the the script credit for that. That Lorca is like, well, wait a second. So now, did you just do all of this in order to mm-hmm. you know to check up on me? And you get the sense that she is conflicted, and there's all, she's a complicated character, and she's worried about him as a person and as a friend. But she's also, like Scott said, worried about the equipment. So, like, how do you how do you get that That's all to work? But it was one of those things where I just thought, do do we really need to conflate women in the workplace with romantic figures from your past that are and present? Um, and they they did, and I was a little disappointed by that, just because I, I uh, yeah. 
They they could have had because uh, like a uh, you know in Measure of a Man you know Picard and uh, uh, the Admiral Philippa Lavoie yeah, or whatever her name is yeah yes I can't remember either um, but they that uh, they had a, a former relationship but they didn't cross any boundaries it was fine that they had a former relationship and in this they could have had the same thing and not had them in bed yeah um, but uh, <laughs> right yeah right they could yeah. have just although g- gotten drunk together and been talking and not not gone that extra step but they did mm-hmm. they did i didn't love that i did love the the when she wakes up and she touches his back and then he uh takes out a facer and uh chokes her uh because i thought well now we know you know lorca we were pretty sure lorca's a little uh damaged and now we're we're certain yeah and, and she's certain and she's because, certain uh, that's not normal <laughs> And, and she says, like, you're, no, this is not good. I, you're going you're gonna to lose your command, which is always a bad sign because we know he's totally not going to lose his command. So something's going to happen <laughs> in the, in the yeah, interim. Yeah, so then I thought, oh, no, is he going to do something? Like, is he going to kill her now before she leaves? And how are they going to do this well, now? People are really going to hate Star Trek Discovery. Lauren just turned to me and said she's totally going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I was very concerned yeah, about me him too. somehow killing her. Um, you too. That which didn't happen, which I'm glad about. It didn't happen. Well, well yes. sort of. A sort of well, killing sort of. through an action. <laughs> kind of. Well, he's he's following orders now, so yeah. that's good. Mission well, well, <laughs> accomplished. Get there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So she she uh, leaves, and uh, we find uh, uh, there's more. Well, so the big thing it's here, mind meld time. I guess, right? Mind meld time, and we find out she uh, uh, Burnham has tried several times to kind of mind meld with Sarek, and every time. Uh, so we get another glimpse of Vulcan, which everybody loves. Yep. Uh, there's a big courtyard. It's deserty. There's some lots uh, of Vulcans. Vulcan kung there's a dude fu. Playing a, there's a dude playing like a sitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. Or a, a vitar, perhaps Vulcan instruments. <laughs> I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's probably like Spock's auto harp that he had in the way to Eden. It's probably a reference uh, to that. Probably. Uh, and so everybody's milling around, and this is a critical moment, uh, a memory that uh, Sarek is reliving as he is he's dying. And it is the moment at which Michael Burnham finds out that she was not um, accepted into the, the Vulcan Science mm-hmm. Expeditionary Force. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Someone it's their, their own me. like racist, we're not going to be in Starfleet, we're just going to have <laughs> our own thing kind of thing. By the way, I'd like to yeah. apologize again before you send tweets. According to Memory Alpha, it is called the Vulcan Loot. It's not an auto oh. harp, that is a, a human <laughs> instrument. And he played it in The Way to Eden and uh, at least Charlie X and I think a couple other episodes. So I bet you that's what it was. It probably was a Vulcan Loot. How could they... How could they not? But, but yes, yeah, so we get the revelation at last about mm-hmm. what early on we see Sarek talk to the guy from the expeditionary force yes. and not what they say. And then he comes over and says, sorry, you didn't get in. We're going to have to send you to Starfleet. It's your safety school. I, <laughs> <laughs> when I saw that, I thought if I were Michael Burdum and I was in Sarek's memory, I wouldn't be listening to the part that I actually took part in. I would walk over to the part where I didn't hear yeah. what he was saying and listen to that conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she doesn't. Uh, and well, he's been kicking her out of this memory, and we don't know why. And they have a little heart to heart, and he says, "Okay, I'll tell you why." And this is when we find out, which I thought I, th- I thought this was very interesting and clever. Uh, that basically the Vulcan's like, "Hey, this Michael Burnham, she's really great, uh, but she's not a Vulcan." And you have this other uh, child, Spock, who is also not a Vulcan. Uh, so we'll take one non-Vulcan. Uh, and you have to pick which one. <laughs> they, they actually said, like, humans are great. We're going to we're gonna introduce humans into Vulcan society. I'm not one of those logic extremists. But we're going to, and he actually says, we're going to titrate them. <laughs> like, just a little drip at a time uh, of humans. Vulcans. And we're not going to take two. 
of your experiments. He calls them another mm-hmm. of your experiments. So his so Burnham is an experiment, and his half human son Spock is an experiment because Vulcans are racist jerks. And he says, yep. "I'll take one of your not quite Vulcans, but I won't take two. And uh, uh, and, pick one. And and so and so he in the end take none. But uh, yes, but the, well, that's the, what he didn't know. That makes it another yeah. level, right? Because Sarek is like, "All oh, right, well, clearly I have to pick Spock. Uh, I will never tell Michael Burnham this because." Uh, Vulcan reasons. Yeah, and, and, I'll, so well, and I'll, I'll I'll fix it. I'll get like Georgiou to take her because I I know right. her and and she'll take her on as a as a. It'll be. Fine. I'll just pass my ward on to the next person and get rid of her over there. <laughs> That's and, right. And Starfleet is pretty good. They have uh, sassy food replicators. Yeah, it'll be great. They're okay. Green juice. They got some green juice. That's not bad. Yeah, it's, it's vegan. It's good. You can you could jog. Just make sure you stay on the left side of the corridor. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. Actually, it's on the uh, it's on the right side. Um, and Vulcan, it's on the left side. It's very confusing. That they they, they, oh, ran man, on, they jog be. on the wrong side of the path in Vulcan. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of spilled green juice. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Scott and, and I are going to go on the road. We're going to do a little uh, <laughs> little uh, two man comedy show where, uh, with observations, like sort of Seinfeldian observations about Star Trek. Yeah, that's right. Nobody will What's come. The... <laughs> we'll be there. That's all that that's matters. All that matters. <laughs> That's that's uh, what stand-up comedy is all about, right? Just finding your yeah. true self uh, a big, in an yeah. empty room. This is a big step of, like, Spock and details of Spock's life yeah. are just named here. It's no longer just mm-hmm. the coy, well, you know, it's Spock's dad, but we're only not going to talk about Spock. It's like the Enterprise gets name-checked in the Constitution class, and we get, uh, because she says to Tilly, you, what you want to do is work your way up to, like, Constitution mm-hmm. class, like the Enterprise, and get on there, because like, those are the good jobs. And then and here, ooh. we just get, yeah, your son Spock is a half-human, yeah, and we're not going to let him on and it's like oh just call it out just say it that's i thought that was cool i i didn't want them yes. to run from it just give it a big hug you're in you're you set this thing in the past of before original series just give it a big hug and and let the references come that's right give it a yeah, vulcan also, hug they they had spent such a long period of time in this episode uh concentrating on her relationship with Sarek and not mm-hmm. mentioning spock that by the end of the episode <laughs> yeah. i was like oh good finally they said he, it he needs to say he's another kid also spock who also scott uh, vulcan hug if the vulcan hello is a punch in the face <laughs> is the vulcan hug like just crushes you to death is that what the vulcan yes. hug is all right yeah you you good. you you wrap your arms around the other person and uh crushes and crush the rib cage yeah okay. yeah i try to try to snap the spine okay good vulcan uh, hug. that's how you get the green juice that's Ooh, right. oh no that's right it's not vegan after all oh no I know, I guess. uh but this is where we find out so and then you know burnham and sarah have this moment and she says you should tell me the whole story and he does and then he's like and you know my logical choice was spock but it turns out uh spock didn't follow the path that i set before him so really uh i screwed everything up yeah but i won't admit that because i'm a vulcan yeah he feels shame and guilt which vulcans shouldn't feel right which is no. is is great, and and I like so. There's a great moment right here where, and I think this is good writing. Um, where he says, "Okay, so you you got me. I totally screwed this up, and neither of you got in, and I'm a bad person." And she says, "Do you have any idea what that did to me? <laughs> like, like this is not about you mm-hmm. making an embarrassing decision. This had a huge impact on my life and made me feel worse about myself and rethink my childhood." And he's like, "Well, I get that now. <laughs> <laughs> no done now. <laughs> yeah." And and he said, "You know, shame." He's like, I feel so much. And she's like, shame. And he's like, 
Yeah, that, that's it. That's it. Which is a big, we know for Vulcans to admit something like that. That's really bad. I, I just, I really like this scene because it is, it is uh, getting to the heart of this relationship. And, and yet even within it, he, he is even still trying to make it kind of about him and his decisions instead of about how it impacted her. And she, she doesn't yes. let him. It's good. She says she's not going to play that game with Sarah. No. Uh, anymore. Uh, and then she's like, you know, normal family. This is what families do. We talk about these kinds of things. And he's like, well, technically, <laughs> we're not oh, family. And you're like, oh, that sorry. Laugh. No. <laughs> Shut up, dummy. I'm trying to save you here. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and then, well, I guess we skipped over. So, Sarek was going off to this secret mission to discuss uh, a wartime uh, appeasement with two Klingon houses that didn't like the unified Klingon Empire. They were like, so cast, they were and- they were like cast out by Cole from mm-hmm. the from the the main groups. So they're like on the outs, mm-hmm. and so now they're trying to apparently uh negotiate with the federation for some reason yes. and everybody agrees it sounds fishy but they feel like they they need to try so that's where Sarek is supposed to be going and Sarek's supposed to go there but he he is so injured that he cannot so uh Lorca says hey you know who would be really good at this uh, <laughs> good old Admiral Cornwell <laughs> Cornwell who hates me would be great at this thing that's probably totally a trap let's send her but I'm sure it'll be fine. She'll she'll save everybody. It'll be great. Uh, and so she goes off on a little shuttle. Uh, and I guess she took the shuttle to her ship. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Well, she she uh, they actually said to let her her cruiser or whatever into uh into one of the bays. So I think she was traveling to them on one of those oh. small ships that's a warp capable, not a shuttlecraft, uh, but like a small ship. And that, I so I think that. she I was, was just taking that back. A giant cruiser. All right, well, that makes more sense, because she, she, there's a good scene where she's like, hey, Lorca, I don't want to ruin your career, but BT Dubs, uh, you will be in charge of the Discovery when I get back. Yeah. And he's like, great. And off she goes. She's totally dead, right? She's like, oh, there, no, there was a gonna... moment when she was getting on the shuttle, and I was like, is that shuttle going to explode? Yeah. Is that where you cut to? <laughs> Burn them fire phasers. I... <laughs> <laughs> I had that same thought, but they didn't do that, which I was glad. Uh, she makes it to the planet, uh, the name of which I don't remember, but it has some cool elders that sit in the behind in this chamber. They look neat. Uh, and there are two Klingons that show up and they're like, hey, Admiral Cornwell, let's totally talk about peace. And she's like, great. I love talking about peace with Klingons. Uh, and they say, uh, kill your guards. Uh, so the other Klingons kill the two guards. They capture Cornwell uh, in Skype's uh, good old uh, Cole uh, and they kill the elders that are hosting them. And Cole's like, hey, great, I wanted to capture a high-ranking Vulcan, but this is even better. I look forward to meeting you, Admiral. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, then he says, and, and as gratitude, you guys get uh, the cloaking capabilities oh, now. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he basically... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I liked. Obviously, he kicked these two houses out. The way I read it was, he kicked these two houses out and said, look, if you want to prove your loyalty to me, I got a, I got a scheme you can participate in. And they did it, and they succeeded, and he's like, you will be rewarded now, because you're back yes. in. You're back in with the, back in in the family. In crowd, you get a cloaking device, you're awesome, because you did what I and wanted. And the cash. You got- <laughs> That's right. You can buy any sweater you like, uh-huh. 10% off. It's great. Yeah. Uh, and then, so now they word travels fast that uh, Cornwell has now been captured by the Klingons. Uh, and Saru is like, oh, the Klingons are, are leaving the system. We could probably still catch them. Should we go after? We should clearly go after them, right, Captain Lorca? Because that's what you do. You just go after You're things. a loose cannon. Uh, you just do things without <laughs> waiting for orders or anything. You just jump right into the fight, right? So we're totally going to save her, right? And he says, yeah, nah. Let's, Let's uh, see what Starfleet yeah. says. <laughs> and clearly Starfleet's going to say, don't go after them because the discovery is too important mm-hmm. to risk for one person's life. Uh, and so Lorca 
has not directly caused right. Cordwell to be captured it, by Klingons, but it's his selective much. application of his denial of the chain of command. Right, that's what it is. Is mm-hmm. he's usually a, a rebel who will deny the chain of command, but now with his his longtime friend who is a threat to him, he's like, yeah, I'm not gonna do it. There, I'm gonna just I'm gonna go through channels and play and slow play this. Which is we should, uh, we should follow the rules, yeah. really. He he does it in the most bureaucratic way possible, in that he tells Saru to go walk back up to the bridge yeah. and place the call. <laughs> yeah, so like, like, okay. Are you sure? I'm telling you to tell Starfleet to tell the Vulcans that the thing was a trap, okay? And they can get back and, to me. And see what they say about that. And then the episode ends by panning down and showing that uh, Lorca has his phaser strapped uh, to his back, even though he's clearly safe and in his ready room yep. but he is he's prepared he for is. everything giving us yet another glimpse into the broken man that I, is Lorca. i wouldn't be surprised if at some point we see a flashback to the baran where he is trying to save his crew and doesn't have a phaser or something like that and he's just totally that's why he's messed up this way um mm-hmm. there, there's a line we didn't mention because we kind of like there's the the mind meld and then there's when Sarek is awake in sick bay um that yes. i want i wanted to mention the two things that i really liked in here in addition to him saying you know we're not technically related which is just hilariously (laughs) jerky um is at one point burnham says i'm feeling a lot of emotions right now which is a big you know it's a big step for her to say that Uh um and uh and Lorca's explanation is that uh i didn't do he says to burnham i didn't do this for Sarek. I did it because I need a team and oh, right. and uh and then he offers her a post at the science station on the bridge. So this is like the he's he's going way beyond like we're going to keep her around without a badge. Now it's like no you're you're going to be bridge crew now. You're with me and she professes her kind of admiration for Lorca as a captain, which is funny given all the other stuff that we've seen about him, but you know, he has gone to bat for her and you know, she is kind of repaying his loyalty. Gone to bat for her and saved her surrogate father basically and she does call Sarek father that's the other thing that i really liked in this little section of scenes is she says we'll have that mm-hmm. conversation one day father after he says we're not related she just calls him father and it's like take that you um and i liked i liked uh i liked both of those things that this is this is there's a lot in here about like playing off of burnham's whole like contrast of human and vulcan and and uh f- given how she was set up to be this character like i i got a lot of that stuff in this episode i thought it was really good mm-hmm and it's just and, oh, oh go ahead Joe. sorry uh, i was gonna say uh the the scene after this after after that uh with her and ash uh where she is reintroducing herself to him yeah um, mm-hmm. and uh, then confiding in him that she had always felt like she wasn't living up to his expectations and then she realized that he also was not living up to her own expectations yeah. of him um and it was it was it was really nice to hear her describe that and how uh you know she is smiling even though she doesn't feel <laughs> like she should be smiling and do, doing all these these motions and doesn't doesn't know how to process it mixed emotions and she doesn't know she doesn't know what that all means yeah that's good yeah, and I think Burnham Burnham is a great character, and uh, the actor whose name I'm not even going to try and pronounce is uh, so, doing a fantastic job. Sonequa Martin Green, I think. There you go. Uh, two points to Jason. If you're right, if not, how dare you? <laughs> Minus two. <points>. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I think that it's so it's to watch this and know that you know the character Burnham had that one mistake uh, where she thought she was doing the right thing and she did totally the wrong thing to a captain that was worthy of her trust and now she is 
going to try and make up for that mistake for kind of giving her loyalty and devotion to this captain who probably is the one you should maybe uh, knock out yeah. and not follow his orders mm-hmm. at some point. Uh, I feel like they're building up to a point that's going to make me uh, sad in a good way because she's going to have to make a decision that she's not going to want to make. I, I feel like, yeah, that's the, the, the either either this is she's going to have to relive that moment and make a different decision. And maybe it's the wrong decision or maybe it's the right decision again. My other theory is that Saru is going to have to do it. Oh, right. That he's going to be mm. put in this situation. That's my, that's my B, B theory. This, we're not even in the wild theory stuff. This is just my like overarching, no. like when I think about where these characters are headed, that the idea that she betrayed her captain who was worthy, like you said, and now he's got this captain who's kind of unworthy. What if she realizes that? What does she do? She can just be mutiny times two. <laughs> but then I also think Saru, we've seen him and we know they've had those nice conversations about, you know, being the first officer and, and how he should do this better than Burnham. And he's very judgmental of her i do wonder sometimes if if that is going to be what happens is that it get it, it bites him where he's put in that situation where he feels like um what's being done is totally wrong what does he do does he do what burnham did at the battle of the binaries or does he just go along with it and something terrible happens i'm, I'm going to keep my eye on that story too because mm-hmm. i feel like the saru is going to just have a difficult moment where he where it makes burnham's choices a little more understandable I think that would be good if we get that. I agree. Just to restate, this is the, if you, uh, we don't know if this is true or not, but we're going to do some mad theorizing that's happening on the internet now, too. And mm-hmm. it, if we're right, which we, I think we are, it will spoil a great <laughs> plot twist coming later in the show. So yes. we want to separate you from that in case you don't want to be spoiled on right. if on that if we're right. That's That's basically it. So stop listening right now if you don't want to hear this crazy conspiracy. Uh, You've heard everything we're going to talk about in the episode. We liked it overall. Thumbs up. So let's fire off the conspiracy phaser. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. Now Uh, we're in the conspiracy zone. Oh, no. uh, Uh, The crazy conspiracy involves Ash Tyler. The poorly researched background of Ash Tyler, which Admiral Corbell in this uh, episode is like, he just, he randomly picked up this dude and now he's uh, an officer. Yeah, yeah. But well, I looked at his file, he says. <laughs> I read it. So I, I quizzed him about Seattle. So so the, the, uh, the crazy theory is that Ash Tyler mm-hmm. is Voke, the Klingon, the former to- torchbearer, that the last time we saw Voke, he was told by his uh, his lady friend, who is from the House of Spies, that uh, he will, in order to fulfill his dream of Takuvma, uh, or Takuvma's dream, he will have to give mm-hmm. up everything. And yes. that's the last time we see him. So the theory is Even that in the intervening time, space. he was... Uh, operated on perhaps like had clone like tissue implants my theory is that ash tyler like we saw today is a real person but maybe died at the Mm -hmm. battle of the binaries and they took his body and they used his dna to synthesize enough to make a klingon look like a human which seems unreasonable given the makeup that the klingons have but in star trek canon we've had klingons made to look like humans more than once the augment virus made them look very human in enterprise and of course who knows what the hell was 
going on with Arne Darvin and the trouble with Tribbles. He was just Charlie Brill, just this dude who was like, oh, but Tribbles say he's a Klingon. And Dr. McCoy <laughs> shakes his, his uh, salt shaker at him and says, Jim, this man is a Klingon. And that's it. So that's the theory is that Ash Tyler is mm-hmm. not Ash Tyler. He is Voke. He is a Klingon spy who is now suddenly the security officer on Discovery. Um, and in this episode, um, he's told he fights like a Klingon at one point. Um, he tells Burnham that's just being human man at one point, which I thought, Oh boy, (laughs) that's what is, what does that mean? Um, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about this theory. Oh, I should mention the other thing, which is the actor thing. The actor who played Voke. Oh yes. Um, it does not have any any credits for any TV shows other than this or movies or anything. He's only ever pictured in the Klingon makeup. Um, the actor who plays Ash Tyler was originally cast as a Klingon, and then they said, no, 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 he's not a Klingon. He's just going to be a human. We got another actor to play the Klingon. And uh, also the name of the actor who played Voke, his last name is actually the real, I believe, last name of the actor who plays Ash Tyler. Yes. So fake, fake, fake. I love them for <laughs> trying this but i think we all sniffed them out that this is the plot twist is that ash tyler is is a is a secret klingon Ooh, do you guys buy it i think he's con i think he's con uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i i i i 100 buy this theory uh, also there's uh the issue of the klingon captain on the previous uh in the previous episode um where they're escaping from uh, her clutches right. and she's wearing that white outfit with the little things on the shoulders and uh looks an awful lot like laurel and is the same actress <laughs> uh-huh. um mm-hmm. so seems like it's her seems like a setup uh, right and she's like oh, and well she says oh and I, I i just i speak english and i'm descended from spies captain i i know you know i know what i'm doing here and uh yeah and we already know that that uh they were talking about the spy house of, of the Klingon spy house before and that that was where they were kind of retreating to. So, um, and then we just don't see them again. Hmm. Why would that be that mm. we haven't seen them mm. since then? Strange. Maybe it's just Klingons, almost, whatever. We'll, we'll forget all about them until a big <laughs> twist happens. I, I do believe it. I, I buy it completely. I like it. I will say that I was not smart enough to figure it out myself, I, but once other either. people uh, pointed it out, I thought that makes perfect sense. And it even I am not this per, uh, the kind of person who's kind of averse to spoilers, so I enjoy the fact that watching this and knowing that he is probably Voke uh, makes it all the more interesting to me. Yeah. I agree because it's the well so the first time I saw um <laughs> spoilers for the sixth sense everybody which you really should have already seen um I watched That's that right. knowing the twist which is that oh. Bruce Willis is dead all along oh look there I what? I did it um and you know what it was great because not only was did Lauren not know it so I got to watch her reactions which was really fun but I got to watch the artistry of how they made it follow the rules right I mean it was still really entertaining and watching Ash Tyler thinking he's probably a Klingon is still fun because it's like, um, how are they going to hint? Are they going to, they're, they're dropping little things that in the end we're going to look back and go, aha, Oh, look, he said it was being human. He fights like a Klingon. Uh, and so that's kind of fun too. And it's Star Trek, right? Like as ludicrous as it is that he, he would like sound like a human and look like a human and all of that. Like we have Canon, you know, trouble with tribbles makes this Canon just on its own that they could do this. And, and if you're mm-hmm. saying, well, how can McCoy wave his salt shaker and discover that, that Darwin is a Klingon, my theory, my little head headcanon theory right now is that that's because 
because of this of yes. this <laughs> that they mm-hmm. figured out what the klingons were doing <laughs> and how they would try to evade and make somebody seem like a human and then they figured it out but that this is a, the first example of that so um i'm a, i'm i'm on board i think it's i think it's really interesting i also if you note last week when they, when when he's fighting uh the klingon captain like and he's he and and he's like saying stuff to her like you you know you destroyed my life or whatever it is i think that's really interesting because i think that might be accurate like i think i wonder if he has some regrets about being turned into a human and used in this way and that maybe he's doubting uh and i think that's a potentially interesting thing is what if he is a klingon spy but not entirely like conflicted uh that would be really interesting too so i don't know yeah and uh it's also interesting even if you know where this is going to go because there are those wrinkles as well as the fact that he seems to be building a relationship with michael burnham who he probably has some complicated feelings about uh yeah. and that, that moment when he's introduced to and he's like oh michael burnham and i'm like oh boy he's got to really oh. tamp down those klingon feelings right here right <laughs> Yeah, especially when they, they're on the shuttle and he's like, make sure there's not a scratch on her. He's like, oh, I'm not going to let anything happen to the shuttle. He's like, no, no, her. Yeah. <laughs> like, specifically Michael Burnham. Yeah, Laura, I mean, that, that was a nice yeah. Lorca moment, too, where he says, you know, if you don't bring her back, don't come back. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No pressure. She's not a red shirt. <laughs> you are the red shirt here, my friend. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's, uh, uh, and then I thought, oh, is he going to... I didn't think this was going to happen because it seemed like it would be very short that they go through all this to put him as a human and then immediately he blows up a shuttle yeah. with Michael Burnham on it. I thought, no, that's probably not, that's but maybe. Not really the big I end thought. game, right? There's going to no. be a, a, another moment. But uh, No, it's, he's definitely building trust with all of them. Uh-huh. Um, so the betrayal will be even bigger. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Suckers. And, and then, the, of course, the, you know, this, Lorca had a Tribble. So. Well, yeah, there, there is that, right? The Tribbles, that is, we, we said in the Incomparable Slack, because Dan Morin, I've got to give him credit, he's the first person I heard this theory from. Um, mm-hmm. And I know it hurts you, Scott, to credit your nemesis, but there it is. But, but credit where credit is due. In that conversation, somebody mentioned Chekhov's Tribble. Not Pavel Chekhov's Tribble, Anton Chekhov's Tribble. <laughs> the idea that why does he have a Tribble? Well, if there's a Klingon on the ship and there's a Tribble on the ship, it's entirely possible that the audience, if not the people on the ship, will be clued into the fact that he's a Klingon by the Tribble at some point, which would be kind of hilarious <laughs> if, if, if it makes that little Tribble uh, yell and we're all like, <gasps> and, uh, you know, we know, yes. but they don't know. That would be very yeah. interesting. If that moment happens, then it will have made me paying for CBS All Access all worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Because that is ridiculous and fantastic all at the same time. And that's my favorite kind of Star Trek. Yep. So I'm 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 excited by this theory because I just and I like just the audacity of it and the fact that they realized that they wanted to do it and they had to like invent a fake actor and make a press release saying oh no no he's playing a different character now and all of those all of those things to do it that Seattle moment is pretty great right we just like well technically you're from outside of Seattle not exactly Seattle uh, I like precision here and he's like uh, yeah okay and you can totally read it as being like who is this guy who's questioning where I where I live but we the those of us on the conspiracy or like he doesn't know because he's just been trained on what they've got out of the, the their database about ash tyler and and he he's not going to be perfect so he's trying to get get away with being vague and he you know and and he almost got caught maybe except why would you suspect such a ridiculous thing if you weren't part of star trek conspiracy corner like we are <laughs> we are it's cozy here mm-hmm. in star trek conspiracy corner uh well i think 
our conspiracy conspiracy theorizing is done for now. For unless now. there's even more conspiracy theories that I am unaware of. No, that that's uh, like, the big one. I, I just feel like maybe maybe in future episodes, uh, depending on what happens in the we'll episode, have we'll back. have to do a little check in on conspiracy theories and how they're doing. And triple, yeah, we'll have to see. Triple we'll update. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give each uh, of his almost run-ins with being exposed a number of triples to how serious Ooh. it is uh, until we get to the final triple expose, which I assume is going to happen. And if it doesn't, I will be very Yeah, upset. I'm sorry. Now I've really set the bar high, haven't I, that the triple will expose him. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I will write such an angry letter if it does not happen. Uh, Or if he kills. I hope, maybe. Now, I, when, uh, we had, uh, uh, we discovered that we thought that perhaps the Tribble was, in fact, a member of the crew and has a rank. So maybe Lieutenant Commander Tribble, yes, he will, he and, uh, Ash Tyler will have a fight. And and Ash Tyler, Ash will go into the 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 ready room to help himself to a fortune cookie because he's a little peckish and he knows they're in there. Yeah. He notices the triple. The triple freaks out, and there's a uh, like a ten minute fight scene. <laughs> Klingon versus wow. triple. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, the triple dies. I would I would just assume he eats it like V style. Um, oh, just, uh, <laughs> that'd be faster. I was thinking like he'll take it, he'll take the batlath off the wall that the uh, that that Lorca has as a trophy from a previous battle and just like drives it straight through the triple, making it explode <laughs> in a gory mess. Because this is Aww. streaming video, everybody. Triples <laughs> die right. hard. Do that. Something like that. Uh, <laughs> and then he F takes bombs and triple deaths. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we have. Uh, we'll stay tuned for yeah. to find out the fate of that triple. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Joe Rose, still for joining me today. It was a pleasure. And as always, Jason, thank you for joining me. A Vulcan goodbye to you all. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! What is a Vulcan goodbye? That's the question. That's when you uh, inject yourself with a bomb. <laughs> oh no! Oh, that's the worst. That is. We did. We saw the Vulcan goodbye. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. That's what we're calling it now. <laughs> Welcome goodbye. You inject yourself with something that makes you explode. Mm-hmm. They are jerks. It's extremely logical. That's right. Goodbye. Goodbye.